Welcome to the Restoration Podcast, where we sit down with Pastor James to get a little insight into life, issues, and questions. Our hope is that we would see how the gospel restores our everyday life so we can be encouraged to live fully devoted to Jesus. And with that, here's today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Restoration Podcast. I'm here with Pastor James. Pastor, how are you? I'm doing great, Shane. That's good, man. It's good uh, to be here with you. It's, I mean, nothing like podcasting with your best bud. Oh, man, it's honestly. great. It's great. I mean, honestly, so when we sat down here, uh, Be Real, if you don't know about Be Real, um, it's uh, the most honest social media, is I hey, think is how they that's what they. It. That's what they say. Um, you have two minutes to take a picture of what you're doing in the moment. And uh, man, what a better moment. Um I don't know. I'm having a kid next week, so that is better. Uh, I'll just be real with you. But I uh, see. What are you going to What are you going to do if the be real happens? Like, uh, the world's like, going to see that baby, I guess, man. <laughs> right, right, right when right when Kelly's delivering, be real's going to the be real notifications going to pop up. I can't, Kelly. I can't be late. <laughs> if I'm late, they'll know I wasn't being real. So, no, that would uh, that would get me in a lot of trouble if I did that. So uh, I'll probably just post a late be real in good. that moment. Um, but if you. Uh, if you don't have Be Real and you're interested in it, uh, visit your App Store or Google Play and check it out. I mean, it's it's pretty neat. Yeah, not it is gonna neat. lie. Um, Pastor actually told us about it, me and Dylan, and uh, we uh, kind of made fun of him for it a long time ago when it first came out. And now Dylan and I both love it and super active, so we're yeah. all back on it now. So Great, that's it uh, is good. I guess that's our social media plug section of the podcast for this week. Yeah, this episode sponsored by Be Real. Don't be fake. You yeah, know that's right. That would be if we had any sponsor, it'd be cool with that. Uh, mainly coffee sponsor because mm. that would be nice. Yeah. Anyway, man, moving into what we're going to talk about today, we talked about fellowship with God Sunday, and I think no matter what, um, we all find ourselves in a place sometimes where it's like, man, I know, I know who God is. Like I know that. Like you see this. I was reading in Psalm this week, Psalm thirteen, and David says, like, man, like I feel. Like you're hiding your face from me. I feel like you've forgotten me. And I feel like we all feel like this sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, it's one of these situations where like, man, God, I know you, but I don't know where you are right now. I don't feel you. Um, What do we, why does this happen? What do we feel? You know, we're going to parse all that out, but man, like right off the jump, like what just jumps out to you whenever you hear that, like, I know you, but I just don't know if you're here right now. Yeah, because I think that was what I was struggling with Sunday because the whole thing was about the tabernacle and representing, you know, God wanting to be with us and have fellowship with us. But there's there's this thing of like, where, but what what happens when it's like, I don't feel God. Now, I want to say this too, like, because sometimes we can get into a mode maybe as Christians where we're just chasing a feeling rather than actually chasing after God. But I think the truth is like we can experience God in this, like, in real time, like in, in this world, like in this present age, like we can actually experience and feel God. Um, but I think it's this tension, man. I think, you know, the longer, if, if you've walked with Jesus for any length of time, like I think you've, you've felt this, like, I know I have a relationship with God, but I don't feel it. And then when you hit that, I think it causes doubt. Cause then you're like, do I really know God? Cause I don't really feel like I'm in a relationship, even though I, like I know I am and I don't want to feel fake. And, and so sometimes I think it's just confusing. You know, and I brought this up Sunday and, you know, hopefully didn't not offend people. But like, I think sometimes why and I'm not against like people rededicating their life to the Lord and all that kind of stuff. But I think there's like sometimes where people like I don't feel God. And so maybe I don't know God. And so people end up rededicating their life like 15 different times. Um, And maybe it's something else, you know, of maybe that tension of fellowship. And um, I don't know, it's just a struggle sometimes. 
Yeah. So there's there's an idea of of union versus communion. Uh, this idea of of I think that we we've heard this. We we know these things. Um, parse that out a little bit more for us. Yeah. Um, what it means. Um, the difference between union and communion. Yeah, because I think that, that you know, because there's all these scriptures that speak of this idea, and like, and um, you know, I mean, we like Sam Storms, mm-hmm. and so he wrote a book entitled "A Dozen Things God Did with My, Did with Your Sin." Um, it's really good. But in the intro, he talks about this dilemma that we have, and he kind of says it like, "Hey, there's a difference between your union with God and then your communion with God." I want to read just a second. I think I read some of this on Sunday, but I just want to read it for the listeners out there. You know. Um, but but I, here's what he says. He says, The word union points to what is true of us in our relationship with God because of His grace. I'm united with Christ through faith. I will always be in union with Him. Christ's life is my life. His righteousness is my righteousness. I don't feel or experience this union, but I know it to be true because God says it's true. He said, That's your union with God. You're standing before God, which is by grace alone. But he says, But the word communion refers to what I can feel, sense, enjoy, experience today and every day after. Whereas my union with God never changes, my communion with Him does. My union with God is unchanged by my sin, but my communion most certainly suffers. Whereas God is now and always will be my Father, my experience of that truth can go up and down. One day I might feel His fatherly affection, but another day I may have lived in such a way that this enjoyment diminishes. My sonship didn't diminish. My status as God's child is unchanged, but my capacity to enjoy and feel the glory of being a child of God can be undermined by repentant sin. And so like when I read that, it just, for me, it kind of helped me think through because it's like this idea of like, hey, when, when by faith, when you believe in Christ and the work he's done, like you are joined in union with him, you're sealed with his spirit, and that is unchanged by sin. Like if you disobey, like sin, like that does not change your status as a child of God. But this reality of like, but yet your communion, your experience of God can change because of that that thing. And so I think that's where it's like this tension of like my union with God's unchanged. Like it's because of grace and grace alone, but like my communion, my ability to enjoy relationship with God in real time can suffer. And so I think that's what we, when I read that by Sam Storms, like it just, it helped me kind of like, I've always had this like in my mind to struggle. And like when I heard it, it was like, okay, that helps me. Like think through of like what what's really going on here, you know. Well, I think uh, an example you can see is Peter. Um, we talked about this a little bit uh, Tuesday with the college group. Um, Peter is you know fishing, and Jesus comes and says, "Cast down your nets, follow me. You'll be fisher of men." Um, and then from that point, like we see Peter kind of mess it up, right? Like um, he's so d- in defense of Jesus that he cuts a guard's ear off, and then later on that evening. Um, he's asked three times, do you know Jesus? He's like, Oh, I don't know who that guy is at all. And then at the end of it, he, he's restored, um, on, on the seashore. And, uh, you see Jesus say, do you love me? Yes. Yes. I love you. Do you love me? Yes. And the third time it said, Peter was grieved in his heart. He said, yes, of course you know, I love you. And he's like, then take care of my sheep. Like it didn't change who he was, who Jesus had called him to be. Um, but I'm sure Peter was like, I, I don't deserve this. I don't feel, and I feel like that's a lot of the feelings that we have here in this idea of union versus communion is like, I, I know who I am in you, but man, like in myself, am I, I, I working with college students? I hear this a lot. Like, man, I just don't know why I don't feel God. It's like, well, how is your walk with him? I mean, I, I pray whenever we're here. It's like, like there's more to it. 
And, yeah. and I think that we give ourselves this out. It's like, well, life is so hard. It's this, it's this. And so I think that from what I've seen working with, with people and not just college students, just people as yeah. a whole, um, different things will just come in and, and, and start to disrupt that. And it's like, man, I don't know. But you see time and time again, people in scripture who they know who they are in, in, in the Lord, uh, in whatever way, Old Testament, New Testament. But then it's like, but this one thing, man, I it just, I don't know why I can't shake this or whatever it is. And that's what causes that communion to break. That's, I love that quote by Sam Storms, man. It's yeah. Good. Well, I think it's that, that struggle with like our communion, like, and I like how the way he puts it, he was like, your status as a child of God has not changed, yeah. but like, you may not feel like his child, even though the truth is, and of course, obviously that's where obviously we'll talk through some things of like reminding yourself of that truth and those kind of things. But I think in that moment of like, when you pray, you're like, yeah, but I don't feel like his kid. I don't, yeah. I don't feel my father's affection. And it's not because God's done anything. It's usually because of us. Um, but it's the same thing. Like even like with, with Piper, you know, like, uh, in, in chapel, mainly Piper, she gets in trouble maybe a little more than chapel does, but, but like there are times where she'll like, she'd, she'll get in trouble and she'll do something that is not good. And then maybe there's discipline, maybe that. And she'll like, she'll even make comments to us of like, why don't you love me? And I'm like, I, what are you talking about? Like my love for you has not changed at all, but yet she feels that there's something there. Like I'm still her dad, regardless of what she's done. But yet there's this thing that she feels there's a tension. Something was done wrong. And so she, she's like working through. So I think even as kids and marriages, and I think we understand this truth. Like, I can be married to my wife. The status of marriage has not changed. Cursing my wife, but if I like do something dumb or stupid or selfish, like of course there's going to feel like tension in the relationship, yeah. you know. And I think the same thing's true with God. I think we feel that. I think Sam sort of like helped me be able to put that to words of like what I'm feeling in moments of where I know I'm his child. I just don't feel like it right now, you know. And, and what causes it, you know? Absolutely. So like. As, as someone who walks with the Lord, like what are some of those things that can disrupt our communion with him? I think Sam Storms, I mean, the number one thing that he walks through, and I think it's true, is, is sin. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of like what we said Sunday of like, you, you can't expect to feel close to God and like never pursue him. Like, it's, it's just, you know, because that's the same thing, like whether in, I know, in student ministry, I was kind of like, man, I, like I don't feel close to God. And it's like, are you pursuing him? And it's like, well, no. It's like, well, of course you don't feel God, yeah. you know, and it's not, you're not like placing blame or shame on them. It's just this reality of like, you can't expect to feel a closeness of God when you're clearly disobeying him, walking in disobedience. And so, I mean, I think that's one of the first things that's not always the case um, because there are times where people maybe didn't feel God and it wasn't necessarily because of maybe it was just a desert season. Maybe it was because of grief. Maybe it was those kind of things. But I think one of the things is just sin, disobedience to God. You know, yeah. that's what, First John talks about this idea of like we're a liar if we say like we we walk with God but we're walking in darkness and so um, there's this interruption to fellowship when we to that communion of when we're just willfully walking in disobedience to what God wants you know in our life absolutely well and we we spent some time talking about Peter last semester with a college group that's why I, I probably I keep going back here um, and then now we're in the book of First Peter and just studying his life and seeing like there's no mention of Peter at the cross. There's no mention of Peter by name in the upper room when Jesus um, shows himself mm -hmm. to the disciples. The next time we actually see Peter mentioned is he is going back to his old life. And man, like this idea of like, for me, one of the, the biggest things I, we, I think we've all experienced those, those seasons where it's just like, man, I don't know what's going on. Like, I know you're here, but 
I don't know what's happened. I think there's other times where we have walked in unrepentant sin. Uh, and so in those times, like I just, I think I resonate more with Peter than I think mm-hmm. because Peter was just like, man, I, I messed up and I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. Like I, I yeah. I'm not, I wasn't good at following Jesus. And so for, I think how it flushes out in our life sometimes is that's whenever, again, working with people and, and just even my own experiences, I've, that's where I see more. So it's like, I, I can't live up to the standard. I can't live up to those things. And so I'm just going to go back to my sin. Yeah. And I think that that is a, a harmful thing to do. Um, or even times where it's like, man, I don't know what's happening right now, but I don't feel you Lord. Like what practically can we do? One is a ward against going back to our sin. But even in those times where it feels like, God, I'm doing everything. I'm walking with you. And I just don't hear your voice. There's a, a song by, um, a guy named, uh, it's, um, Oh gosh. You're going to think of it. I mean, it's going to hit me one day and it's going to be fine. Anthony, uh, Evans, Anthony, Tony Evans son. Okay. Um, and he's got a song called silence and man, like I was in a season in, in college where I was walking with the Lord. Everything was good in the song. He says, maybe you're speaking through the silence. Maybe it's all I need to hear. Give me the um, patience to basically walk through this with you. I need to rest here and be okay to wait. Um, and so like just in those times where like maybe, the Lord's trying to teach us something through silence or the times are running back to my saying, like, what do you think we need to do to practically fight this feeling? Yeah. So I think there's a couple things, like one of the things I thought of, which is kind of like a cause. And then also something that we can do to help is I was thinking of uh second Corinthians 11, three says just as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning that so too, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere, pure devotion to Jesus. And um, there's a quote I think I shared on my Instagram story yesterday by Corey Tim Boone. It says, if, basically, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of like, I think that could be too of like, think about like a marriage relationship. If you're just busy and you're not really spending time with each other, like, qu- you know, quality time. Like, it's just in passing. And that, I think that's happened in every marriage where, and you can like look up and be like, we're not really connecting at a deep level. It's just more of we're just busy, we're running, we're, you know, whatever. And so there's times, Kirsten, I have to be like, Hey, we need to just get the kids with grandparents and we just need to go on a date and we just need to do. And so I think some, like maybe a cause could be like, which I guess is sin of just neglect God, but like busyness and just getting super busy with our life and we don't have moments to actually be with God, like for real. Um, and so I think on the flip side of like what we could do is like carving out, making sure we're carving time to actually like be with God. Cause it's the same thing as the principle What's it, uh, James 4a, where it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so I think we have to have moments and not just like in a church service, like on a Sunday morning, which are great. Um, but like throughout the week, like if we're so busy that we can't carve out moments and it doesn't even have to be first thing in the morning, it can be like first five that we talked about. But I mean, just in general, um, if we're not, if we're so busy and just running and never allowing our times to be with God, like we probably will feel distant from him. And so I think that's one thing just, learning how to slow down and learning how to have moments. I think, and we're, we're going to talk about it soon in Exodus, but Sabbath, you know, that's why he designed the Sabbath, like moments where you force yourself to stop and you draw your attention to him. Um, and it could be we're living such a fast-paced lives that we we just don't make time, and so therefore we feel disconnected. We feel, you know, so I think that's one. Um, I think some more, obviously, is repentance, you know, is um, a constant thing in our life. And our repentance is not so much about our union. I mean, we've already been forgiven. I mean, that status is done. But I think about our communion. You know, we read it Sunday, First John one nine. It's like, um, 
if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us for all unrighteousness. And so it's like, hey, look, when you express your sin, repent of it, man, he's faithful. He meets us in that. And so I think probably constantly evaluating our life for sin and apathy and junk and things that we're maybe clearly disobeying God on, you know, um, we're not walking in the light. We're maybe walking in darkness at certain areas of our life. And so I think exposing that with, with that um, prayer, the word, you know, reminding yourself of the truth of the gospel, of reminding yourself of your union, you know. So sometimes it may be just convincing you, like reminding yourself over and over and over again of like, I am his child, I am his child. And um, and then as you saturate your mind, heart with the word, you know, I think your heart kind of catches up with that, you know. I think one of the things, um, especially if you've grown up in church, one of the things that we may struggle with is this idea of repentance. Um, I don't know. I, I've seen it just play out like this where it's like, God, I'm sorry for what I did. Um, but you read like David in Psalm 51, like he says a broken and contrite spirit, you won't push away. Like you, you like there's a level of this where it, if it, if it is sin or if it is apathy or whatever it is, man, like just to be real, I've came out of, of a season of apathy and all throughout it. It's one of those like, God, I just, I don't feel you. And I, I wish I did. God, whatever it is, it's, you know, keeping me from you. Uh, and man, like uh, apathy came to a head one day and you and I had a conversation about this and not going to get super deep into that, but like, and when is the last time I was actually broken over my apathy? Right. When's the last time I was actually broken over my sin? Did I come to the Lord and say, God, I, I can't do this alone. I can't do this. And was I really broken or was it just like a passing? Like, I don't like how I feel. And so I'll just throw up one of these. And if you could do your part, that'd be great. Like, am I really broken over whatever this is that is causing the break in my communion with God? I think that that's a, a huge thing we have to approach this with. Yeah. And I think like, and I remember I told you about it this, this year, one of the books I've, I've read this year is overcoming apathy. And it's a yeah. great, great book on, whoops, sorry, uh, hit the cord. Um, it's a great book on apathy. And it's like this in, in the book, like he says something at the very end of it that I thought was so good. And I've been trying to remind myself, he's like, sometimes like the cure for your apathy is like to do the thing you know you're supposed to that you don't want to do. You just need to do it anyway. Mm. So like maybe if it's like, it could be a retreat. It could be um, spending time in prayer, quiet time. It could it could be going to church. It could be like it's like you know you need to. You know you need to be in these environments, but you're like I just don't know if I feel like. And he says he said and that's the struggle of apathy of like sometimes you just have to make yourself do. You know you, you like you know you need to. You just don't sometimes have a desire to do it. And he says sometimes. And it's the same thing with like working out and different things. It's like, I don't want to do it. And you do it. And afterward, you're like, man, I'm really glad I did it. Um, and so it's this, he was talking about this idea of like perseverance. And so this idea of like, even in moments when you don't feel like it, continue to entrust yourself to the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, like I, I trust that you're, you're with me, even, even if I don't feel that and I'm going to persist in it anyway. And, uh, and I, I, when I was reading it, I was like, man, that's just a good word, you know, cause there are times we just, because of our apathy, we yeah. don't feel like doing stuff. And he was like, but sometimes you just got to do it anyway. And it feels weird. It maybe feels nasty sometimes, but he was like, but yet, you know, you're supposed to do these things, you know? Well, there's a, we've learned a lot of, of great things um, as a church over the last, I mean, I'm next month is five years of me being here. That's weird to say out loud. Um, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, learned a lot. We walked through a lot of things, but man, one of the biggest things that I've, I've taken from our time on Sundays is, as, as you've, you know, laid, shown what God has laid on your heart to us. 
one of the biggest things that I've taken away, man, is is there was one Sunday in particular where it was kind of a struggle with apathy, kind of lended itself towards that. And and you had said the word that the Lord had given you is like, just keep showing up, like just keep doing this. And man, like probably some tinge of apathy in my life at that point in time. It's like, that's exactly what it is. It's like, I have to just keep doing this. And sometimes like that's the season of, of learning for me is like, that's what, that's me being faithful in whatever the situation is, man. That's a, that's just been over the last, I don't even yeah. know how long ago that was. That was just one of those things like, just, just keep doing it. Yeah. Keep I remember that's what I had on my phone. Like yeah, I had written like consistency is the key. And that's with probably almost anything, but it was like with the, with the Lord, it's like, keep showing up. Like there may be mornings I show up for my quiet time and maybe it was fair, you know? Um, but it's like, keep putting yourself in those environments. Keep, and man, like God's going to meet you in that, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, but I think it's just constantly like reminding your, checking your life, evaluating your, your heart, your motives, your sin, those kind of things. Because I mean, we are joined with man, And I have to remind myself of this, of like, God wants to be with me more than I want to be with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I feel like I'm like, hey, God, please be with me, you know? And it's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, God's done everything to be with because yeah. he wants to be with me. That, that's the whole thing we looked at the tabernacle, like his pursuit of us. Um, and so it's like God wants to reveal himself to us. God doesn't want to hide from us. He says, seek and you'll find me, you know? So Speaking of the showing up in quiet times, um, reading with some of the college guys through F260, the Old Testament plan, uh, and just to be honest, there's been, I think I've said this to you before, like, I don't know if I'm just familiar with the stories or what, but like this first part of Genesis is just like, a, it's moving slow. And I guess just because like, I, I know these stories, I've heard these stories all my life. Um, reading the first few chapters of Genesis, well, three weeks in now, I think four weeks, I don't know how many weeks we're, three weeks, yeah, we're three weeks in, right? Yeah, cool. Um we got to Genesis 15 this week and that morning I woke up and I was like, I do, I do not want to read Genesis. Like we're reading Psalms to go with. There's a Genesis and the Psalms passage every day. And I'm like, the Psalms are like, I'm good. Really like that. Like I resonate with a lot of that, but Genesis is just hard sometimes. Um, and then got to Genesis 15, whenever God makes his covenant with Abraham and they do, he does like the, the ritual, not the ritualistic, but he, yeah, yeah. everything with the animals and he cuts and then Lord brings him in a deep sleep and like speaks to him in the stream. And it was one of those, like, I, I've promised these things and I'm going to be faithful to my promise, man. Like it, I have so many worries stepping into this new season of, of parenting and just, uh, we're, somebody's going to trust us with a baby who's going to grow up to be a person. They're going to be a person at all times, but like, I, I'm, I'm nervous in this man. Like, right. and, and I've shared some anxiety that I've had with this with you guys and um man I'm, I'm I've been worried and man like not to get weirdly emotional I'm probably gonna but like in reading that man like the promise that he's made isn't that our kids gonna grow up and, and do all these great things but it's that he has taken care of us in the past like we've seen his hand through things and he's not gonna stop and man like that morning when I was like gosh I don't want to read Genesis at all I don't man I saw how he was faithful to Abraham and and you see his yeah. story play out and man to know that like, that's the same guy that we have today, man. Like it was one of those moments where it was like, yeah. why would I want to ever break like, just to kind of go back to this? Why would I ever want to break this communion? Why would I ever want to move away from this? Because man, he's, he's done so much in my life. And so, well, it's like the, I, when you were saying that, I was saying in Psalm 16, 11, in, in your presence is fullness of joy and your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And the awesome thing is obviously 
one day in Revelation, like when it's all said and done, we'll be in his presence fully. But even now, like we can enjoy that presence today and that communion with God. And it's like, that's what we were built for, made for. That's where life is really truly found is in relationship to God. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of this reminder that it's like, man, we were made for relationship, like pursue it. If something interrupts it, man, repent of it and keep, keep pursuing it regardless of how you feel, you know, um, of it. Because I, it's just like, man, this is what we were built for. We were made for a relationship with God. Absolutely. And, and I think that we had talked about a little bit, the feeling, both of us have worked in student ministry and, I, I, you've probably heard the statement like, man, I just wish I could feel like I did on Thursday night of cross camp or Thursday night of a fuse or whatever it is. And sometimes I think we chase that feeling more than we chase Jesus himself. And I, I think that, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to, yeah, no, no, I think that's for sure. And I think that's why it's like the ultimate goal is him. The prize is him. And, um, and I just, I don't know, it struck a chord with me just this week. And that's why obviously we're podcasting about it, but just this idea of like, I mean, I think we all have moments in our life and seasons where we feel like that communion's not there. And so what do we do? And, man, it's like God, man, wants – he's done everything. He's taking care of it because of Jesus to ensure that we can boldly come before his throne. We can be in his presence and enjoy it because of Jesus. And so, um, man, we got to take advantage of it and pursue it. Absolutely. So just kind of closing thought, um, mentioned Psalm 13 earlier had read through that um, and kind of resonated with some of that out of that apathy season. Like, I feel like you've, you've forgotten me. I feel like you're hiding your face from me. Um, and man, like the, the thing that the Lord was showing me in this first five, David says, um, but I've trusted in your steadfast love and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And one of the things that I've heard recently is, man, you don't want an answer to your question. You don't want an answer to why do you feel so distant? What you want is Jesus in mm-hmm. the end. And man, that's exactly what it is. Like, I, I don't need to know the answers. I don't need to know this or that what I need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and man, I think that as we're fighting this, this idea of where are you? I think that I mean, he, he's like you said, he's not hard to find. Uh, I had a, a professor one time that said, man, he's not hiding in the bushes. He's not hiding behind a curtain. Like he has made himself available for, to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So pursue Jesus today. Yeah. Pursue. Well, man, thank you for uh, sitting down with us and uh, thank you for checking out another episode of the restoration podcast. Yeah.